Hello, my ladies, my gays, my theys, and the men who get it. This is Reagan, and welcome back to the F the Nice Guy podcast. And as you may have guessed from our previous episode where we could not stop talking, <laughs> guess who's back? <laughs> no one asked for me to return, but here I am. Here she is. She is. Loud and proud. It's loud, for sure. For sure, loud. <laughs> Aren't we always? yeah oh god okay let's just like let's just jump back into our conversation i guess <laughs> can i tell you the story that like most exemplifies or, or made me like the most angry yes please yeah so i remember this ep came out and they would do this like skeezy little thing where they would play their own song over and over and over again on mute just all day or for like yeah or whatever so that it would like rack up listens which i'm okay already stupid already dumb right one of them coincided with like a trip that we took like we, we went to like a cabin and i remember asking them like can you can you just turn that off it's just bothering me that, wait like, he that would play it out loud it wasn't, it wasn't out loud it was on mute but I was just like dude could what if you didn't do that right now yeah what if, what if that what if you just didn't do that the other the other time that that happened was my grandmother's funeral um the 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 very the very next time a song came out it was on a Friday and my grandma's funeral was that day and I remember I got the call when I was at work a couple days before that and um Obviously, I went straight home, went straight to my parents from work. My mom was like, you know, don't don't leave work early. It's, you know, it, it happened already. Like, just just come when you're here, which she was sick. We knew it was coming. So it wasn't like a huge thing. Um, but I was obviously devastated. She was yeah. like, she was a very important person in my life. And um, and I called this person and I was like, hey, I'm going to go out there. And they asked if they needed to come with because they had band practice scheduled. And yeah. Ooh. And so I said, no, you don't have to come. Like, if you can't come to that decision on your right. own, I don't want you there. That band practice for that. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lead you there. So I was just like, no, whatever. And I remember I went out there and, you know, we just as a family, like had a, like a nice little, you know, like I said, she was sick. So we knew it was coming. So we all got dinner and like talked about our favorite memories, blah, blah, blah. And we get home and it, you know, it was probably like 10 or 11 and I'd already emailed my boss and I wasn't going to work the next day and all that. And uh, I remember getting home and they had like already wrapped band practice and I came in and I was like visibly pissed because I think the whole ride home, I was just like, why weren't you there? Like, right. like, like they could have been there. Yeah. And, 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 um, at the time, I don't, I don't know if any of my cousins were married, but all their, all their significant others were there. Um, and, and my brother as well. And so I get home and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm livid and I'm like clearly livid. I, I, you know me, I don't do a great job of, <laughs> yeah. I wish I could, I can't, I've never been good at it. Um, and so I was livid. And I remember them being like, so annoyed with me that I was upset because he was like, you told me, I, you told me I didn't have to come. And I was like, well, you didn't try very hard. And also right. like 
I'm not going to tell you to cancel band practice because that makes me the asshole. You could have decided to do that and you didn't. Right. Uh, and I remember then he turned on the tears because <laughs> it was suddenly I was being mean and like he did everything he could, but like I was, you know, the one that said, well, you don't have to kill him or whatever. And I remember the, the, um, the question that he asked me when, when he was at his like most emotional was, was everybody else's partner there? Were they asking if I was there or were, were they asking where I was? And I said, yeah, because yeah. they, they did, because they were all there and everybody asked, is, is, is this person coming or, or are they going to come? And I said, no. And then they got all upset and, and were like, so upset. And well, and, now I look bad. Correct. Correct. And then, you know, and so I took, I took the day off, uh, work and, and, uh, you know, we did the funeral a couple of days later. This is all pre pre COVID. So it, the, the funeral timeline was a little bit faster than it is now. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So they were, they were playing their own song the whole time on mute, like in, in their phone. And, and again, like it, it didn't, did it probably need to bother me? No, but it did bother me. I right. just was like, do you need to do that right now? And I remember that they were like, so standoffish that they like, first of all, never held my hand, never touched me. Like I'm at my grandma's funeral, by the way. Yuck. Never touched me. Never like seemed to like really interact with me was just kind of there and was just like kind of like when you needed the most yeah yeah Mm. yeah gross and uh they acted so annoyed on the car ride back that I and this is I wouldn't ever do this to this day but I like suggested we go hang out with his friends because I was like I was gonna make him feel better and I was it was on you to make him feel better after your grandma's funeral and then we, and then he accepted that. And we did, we went, we like, were at, with his friends all night. That makes me want to scream for a thousand years. Yeah. I said it was gonna, it was my most rageful memory. And I think I delivered. You delivered rage for yeah. sure. The yeah. idea that like, how much of it was you catering to him, you dealing with his emotions, you making sure he's okay. He had to do literally nothing for you and did nothing for you. Not only did he not have the obligation on your end, but then he just didn't do anything for you of his own accord. And he gets a treat at the end because he's put out. Yeah. And they were like, well, I took the day off work. I was like, oh, you didn't have to work at the job you hate? Like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. they they acted like it was this big inconvenience that they had to take the day off I was like you don't even like working there like don't act like you're put out like you're put out about this like you're welcome actually I think looking back on these relationships knowing who you really are as a person and looking at like how you responded to things and what you felt was normal and what Mm -hmm. you would do to keep the peace yeah, that's, so that's exactly it. It's to keep it's to keep the peace. I didn't want him to be pissy all night. Yeah, and it's like so. If you need to know what type of relationship you're in, what a good example of like where where the the power was in that relationship, where the focus was, who was more important, whose needs had to be met, who had to be catered to, like, and how you how much you were not yourself, like, yeah, oh, yeah, so I, gross. I, 
we were kind of talking about this concept, I think before we started recording, I don't think, I don't think we're recording at this point, but um, we kind of started talking about the, the, um, the difference in emotional labor. Ugh. And I remember, you know, like I, I had to do the emotional labor of being like, you're, this is how you're feeling. Why don't I make you try? Like, why don't I try to make you feel better on a day that like, I mean, like objectively, he should have been trying to make me feel better. <laughs> yeah, very clearly. No question. A child would know. And uh, yeah, and, 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 and I just remember like, that was one of the things that I never told my friends. Cause I was like, if, and you know, you look back now and you're like, dude, how did you not realize like, this was not working this wasn't gonna work? Like, how did, how did you not, how did you not, if you were afraid to tell your friends all these things, but, but again, I think you're socialized to think that part of it's your fault or even, even if it is, it's kind of like, well, maybe he didn't know any better. Maybe I'll tell him and he'll work on it. And maybe the next time a grandma dies, he'll be cooler about it. Yeah. Maybe next time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just wait and see. Yeah. No, yeah. but there was a, I I'm so bad. Like I see videos and then I think about them and I find them so impactful and I never remember the username, but um, a woman was talking about like emotional labor in relationships and how much women take on and how much they believe it is their job, even if an acquaintance, that's a man to make sure their emotional state is okay, that they have to alter whatever they need to within themselves and their behavior to make sure they're all right. And how it becomes so instinctive. It's like you just like naturally, you don't want to say anything and you don't even want to make them like the labor is on you to make them not even look bad through stories. Like you don't even want to say something when they're not around to make them look bad. Right. You're, you're covering for them in their absence. Yeah. At at all points in the day I, I, you're covering. And I think, um, to speak to something that's, that, sort of relates to this concept of emotional labor. I remember like when I first started dating this person, one of the reasons that I was interested in them was because they knew terms like that. They knew emotional labor. They knew, um, you know, like sort of like, like therapy speak terms. And so if you correct. So I was like, if they know them, they must understand the concepts and want to, you know, and, and want to abide by those. But I feel like it's, it's, you know, to bring it to, to, um, a, a very recent but a, a, a applicable example was like the Jonah Hill stuff. I knew you were going to say oh, Jonah Hill. Like it's so relevant. Like yes. you can know the terms. You can know I'm setting boundaries or or I'm doing the emotional labor here, labor here. But just because they know them doesn't mean like doesn't mean that they they understand the concept enough to to bring them into their lives or or understand the totality of the experience of, you know, traditionally women. Um, again, this is very simplifying and making, maybe making gender too much of a binary, but, but traditionally that's, that's how, you know, women have been socialized. Um, oh, well, it's just like, you have to remember there is nothing, you don't have to do any personal work. You don't have to be introspective. You don't have to put in the time to heal to hear terms it's just like any other it's like we've all listened to somebody talk about a topic and like halfway in you're like you don't know what you're talking about like i could be like you know i went into the the car shop and that the carburetor appeared that it was 30 degrees (laughs) off so i put in the 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 fuel and then the engine really was humming so i said you know what pump them tires up and you're yeah. like this girl's I, never seen a car 
Never see. I don't even think she's opened a hood of a car before. You know what? I've opened it for someone, never gotten in there. But- I had to ask someone the other day how to do it. Girl, fair. I don't care. I hate to be a stereotype, but. Uh, but I don't care. Some but things I don't care. Some things aren't my business. The back of my hair. <laughs> my hair. Cars. Uh, I don't want to know. I don't, I don't, it, it's not that I don't want to know. It's, it's that I don't need to know. There's enough, there's enough bopping around up in the back of my hair. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I, don't, I don't need to know what's back there. I don't need to, it could probably, be a rat's nest it maybe. Probably isn't good, but if <laughs> I know that, I can't feel bad about it. Ding. Ding. But, tr- but truly like you can listen to me. Like I can say terms of a car. I don't even know enough about cars to give you a good example, but my Wait, point is I was like, try to give you the assist, but I was like, ah, I don't know. Either. Blind lighting the blind over here. Wait, I don't know. Right, truly, truly. But the point is I can throw out car terms and it's very clear. I know nothing about cars. The same. I, I don't think people have that understanding when it comes to therapy talk, because it's like people will use a term and then the assumption is like, oh, they go to therapy or, oh, they're doing the work. The same with like feminist, any, any type of feminist rhetoric, like any, any terms when toxic men use them, I think the same effect happens where they're like, oh, they're, they're a feminist or, oh, I'm hearing therapy talk. They must be working on themselves. And it's just a word. And just like any word, it can be used they in the wrong way. just a word on Twitter. Yeah. And they're using it usually against you. Like a toxic person yeah. can use any tool. Um, and unfortunately therapy is the one thing where you have to have introspection and you have to, you are the sole voice to your story to a therapist. So unless a therapist is really good, they can give the wrong advice. And it's like, so, so they could actually be going to therapy and they could actually be getting terrible advice from a therapist. They're only giving their therapist their perspective, their perspective. So if, if you're constantly viewing yourself as a victim or, or, or again, if, if you're externalizing things, you're not, that's what I was going to say. Yep. not Internalizing those things. And you're not recognizing the places where maybe, you know, you did something wrong or not even did something wrong, but maybe you contributed to the outcome that you, that, you know, you weren't looking forward to. Um, If you can't own up to that, if you can't do some of that work, before you get to therapist or even with your therapist, it isn't, it, it just isn't going to work. Cause you're going to go to that therapist and present a situation where, um, you know, yeah, you're, you're the victim of it. And you're saying this sucked and blah, blah, blah. You know, your therapist isn't, unless they're aware of your bullshit already, right. probably not going to probe and say, well, well, what did she say to that? Or what, like, what yeah, wait, victim blame you? <laughs> how did you get in this situation? Right. <laughs> You're like, uh, what was she wearing? Um, <laughs> what were you wearing when you, when they yelled at you? <laughs> what were you wearing when you had that conversation? Um, um, no, but truly, and I think I've said this many times on this podcast, we're seeing a new type of toxic man than we have before or in my experience. And I feel like toxic men really know the lingo. It, they, they're adapting, but previously yes. you didn't have to rely on that. You could just kind of be a shitty ass dude. And like, no one was going to call you on it because of, you know, the, the, the patriarchy, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, women needed uh, men. You could, you could just kind of be openly shitty. And that was, that was it. And people, you know, I mean, look at like the 2007-ish, like the, the that kind of early aughts, like um, pickup artist kind of thing. You're, oh, you're talked allowed, about that too. You were allowed, almost encouraged to be. Girl, they're still doing that. Yeah, well. But like it was, that was part of the, you know, that's yeah. part of the culture. And I think tides are turning to um, 
to a world where we're, like I said, we, we have these conversations. You can't tell me that men don't know anything about feminism. I'm sorry. You right. can't tell me that men don't know or don't know what they're doing is wrong. And well, so we're I seeing videos that, where they tell us they know what they're doing. I think that's another part is like, we're seeing their side of the conversation where for so long guys were like, no, we don't say that. We don't think that like we, and then now we're seeing the pickup artists. Now we're seeing the, the TikToks men are making for men. So much worse than that. It's the Andrew yeah. takes it all. It's, it's the, it's the resurgence of traditional masculinity. Um, it's, it's, and, and their audience is full of dudes who probably would have been openly shitty but are afraid to be openly shitty and so they look up to these dudes who are you know it's it the disguise of traditional masculinity uh is is an excuse to to cover up for the fact that it's not really masculinity it's it's uh white supremacy supremacy and misogyny yeah and and the patriarchy like right. uh, trying to make a comeback but I will say I did see, I'm not even going to act like it. So I usually say, uh, I saw an article about this. I'm not going to lie. I saw a TikTok about it. Bingo. Um, <laughs> you're, you're with the right gal. Try to cover it. Like, no, I read an article about it. I didn't. I, I read it. a novel the other day. <laughs> Literally. I'm like, I read an Atlantic article. It's, it's TikTok. It's not. It's a TikTok. I, I, I uh, saw this really cool TikTok that, um, you know, when your sources are are a TikTok, you have to take everything with a grain of salt. But I uh, saw this TikTok from a person who studied social movements and and you know the science of of societal change, and they said that a really interesting phenomenon happens when a uh, or when when social change is on the brink or or a really monumental social change is, is on the brink, and you start to see this sort of resurgence period right before because they they can sense that they're old viewpoints are dying and you know that that changes on the horizon that's not going to benefit them a, a group of people in power uh don't are not going to relinquish that power without some sort of um some sort of fight back tantrum and, and it correct no it, yeah, it literally is it, it's essentially a tantrum and so the hope that i have in seeing the popularity of thing of people like ben shapiro and andrew tate is knowing that their existence or their popularity is likely coming from the fact that like within the last, I mean, even 10 to 20 years, rhetoric around feminism and the patriarchy and sexual assault and sexual harassment, consent, all of these things have come such a long way. And thanks to, to social media, we've been able to have those conversations at a much faster rate than we had in previous times in history. Societal attitudes around a lot of these things have changed really, really quickly. And so of course there's going to be, when, when you have a group of people in power, of course they're going to they're gonna be... Um, resistant to that. And so we're starting to see those flags go up. But I, I also think what, what brings me hope is knowing that, that, that this could be, and I hope is this sort of last resort before things are, are, are changed for good or, or until there's enough, um, you know, as, as the generations kind of turn as, as millennials and zoomers and gen alpha folks who grew up with the values of, you know, all genders are equal, all, you know, like right, the, right. Where, where maybe patriarchy or the traditional form of that isn't necessarily the norm. And again, I'm not saying that that we are free of it by any means. We certainly aren't. But societal attitudes toward that, I do really think are changing and have changed really quickly. You know? I think I saw that TikTok. Did she, she talked about like the extinction of a behavior? 
Is that the one you saw? Okay. I think that, yeah, I think that's the the term for it. I couldn't remember the term for it. Yeah. Yes. So I saw that too. I almost brought that up. That's super weird. <laughs> I would think our feeds are similar. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. But I saw that too. And it's something I I have felt myself. And like, you can see the behavior. And it feels like a tantrum to me. It ramps up. It's like, no, no, no. It is, it is like a tantrum. A double down. If you've never watched a Ben Shapiro video, it's an hour-long tantrum. Uh, I actually, I guess I've seen clips when people are responding to him, but he is, he is definitely throwing tantrums 98% of the time. Um, he knows that's the audience. That's what that audience wants. That's why they watch Tucker Carlson. I mean, you ask people act like women are the emotional ones. Have you watched Tucker Carlson? He's, he's like on the brink of tears. He's just, well, uh, Ben Shapiro did like a 45 minute tear down of Barbie and like I, didn't he set Barbies on fire or something I don't um, know but I've heard he's always like accidentally doing self owns so like oh, I mean when favorite, he can't pleasure his wife that one that was my favorite of like vaginas aren't supposed to be wet and you're like oh honey um but Uh-oh. he did because there's a a Barbie who is uh, a trans woman and he said something of like well they've got this Barbie who's got a lower voice than me and it's like oh honey Honey, it's, oh, honey, that sounds like a you problem. <laughs> sounds like you have a high squeaky little voice, baby. Baby need a bottle. Um, no, I think they're feeling that discomfort inside. They probably want to have a tantrum. They can't work it out. And so they watch videos of men throwing tantrums and they're just probably cathartic. It is dangerous. It, it is It is a dangerous thing. And so, you know, people who are watching these videos and are, are you know, on the subreddits and the probably not subreddits, probably 4chan or whatever, whatever they're on now. Um, uh, you know, th- these things aren't without a real sense of danger because there are people who are susceptible to being 100%. doing something really dangerous. I mean, that's always been an issue, but there's definitely an uptick in this like incel culture yeah. when women stopped sleeping with these because a lot of them are straight men if not most of them when women stop sleeping with them which in my opinion is we're getting pretty deep here but my opinion is like women have been this unspoken they have been the therapist they have been the physical contact like they have bared the brunt of a man's emotions for so much time and it has been so expected like women take on men's trauma like their physical body and that could just be through emotions it can be physical but it can be just a man expecting you to do the emotional labor per our previous conversation where i have a bad feeling you're gonna fix it whether Mm -hmm. that be through you being my therapist whether that be through physical contact with you whether that be uh, you making a night out after your after your grandma's passed away, you setting up a friend's night for me. It has been women who have been responsible. And when women are like, you know what? No, I will not. I'm going to focus on me. And if you bring something to the table that I want to partner with, then we can, you know, go about it then. I feel like so many men were then left with all of their feelings, not even registering that women were the ones who were helping them deal with that. And so now just because women are quote unquote, not sleeping with them, it's this huge uproar and quote unquote mental health. And it's like, I feel like we're missing the main issue that a man's mental health has been supposed, supposedly, you know, a man's mental health is dependent on a woman sleeping with him. 
why why are those two linked? why <laughs> why like, um why is that link? you know like I, we know why it's linked but it's like it's just left there people are like mental it's a mental health crisis like because women are bearing the brunt because women have been the receptacle of their shit and now women are saying no thank you right again i think that's that's part of the societal shift is is uh women as a whole realizing that like i don't need to be with you we right. we forget that you know it wasn't that long ago that women did couldn't have birth control couldn't have a couldn't have a credit card in their name couldn't have a bank account it was, it was not that long ago no that was like our you know our grandmothers were adults yes like genuinely they did not have the means to get divorces they did not have the means to take ownership of their own reproductive health um and layer on top of that the societal push back in the day to be partnered to be in that sort of family nuclear family you know you get married at very young 20 yeah 18 20 and then you have your kid like you have your kids you're a mom like that's what you do that's what you do and so women were forced into having to play all these roles for a long time and we are now in a place where we're like, I don't have to, I don't have to do that. I mean, that's part of the reason I really feel like that's part of the reason why I'm still single is because I, uh, I'm just not, I'm not going to settle for anything less than, than someone that I think is going to be a very good partner to me that is going to bring to the table what I can. I would rather be by myself and I, cause I am completely self-sufficient. I work, mm-hmm. I own my home. I have a dog. I have a active social life. You know, I, I can do everything by myself. Why would I share that with somebody who's just going to take more? Yeah. It's actually worse for yeah. you. Yeah. It, literally, literally it's, it's, it would, it would just harm me more. So why yeah. would I, why would I ever be with somebody that is less than me, frankly? Right. Yeah. And I think that's the big difference. And again, this is like, not all men are like that. There are men who step up to the plate. There are men who are great partners. Um, but there are toxic men who were led to believe, whether it be through how they were raised, society, their mm-hmm. lack of ability to have like empathize, yeah. uh, whatever, they believed that truly toxic behavior was acceptable. And that's why you hear guys be like, you just can't joke anymore. It's like, no, it was always bad. People now just feel there. It is safe to say, I don't like that joke. It's like, it was always toxic. And I feel like now um, there's just, people are being called to be accountable. And per your point, I do believe this is a a sign that we are going in the right direction is this little hissy fit from toxic men trying to silence because you don't throw a fit unless you're threatened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And these mm-hmm. men are threatened by <laughs> equality. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but toxic masculinity is on its way to extinction. It just I is. Agree. We don't, we're, we're not going to have room for it. Um, that's not the future that I'm trying to build. It's not the future that most of us are trying to build. Um, no. And it's not good for men either, for the record. It's, it's not, very it's bad for men. So deeply not good for men. Right. They're, they are going to bear the brunt of not being emotionally illiterate, not uh, understanding how to deal with things on a day-to-day basis. Like yeah. they're the ones that are going to deal with this and they don't have to, they don't have to do it alone either. They shouldn't right. have to. Um, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a system that fails everybody. So why would we try to 
try to continue that. I mean, and that's how you know it's it's tied to power because logically does not make sense for yes. anybody to live under a system of toxic masculinity, but it isn't about logic. It's about power. They yeah. have the power right now and they don't want to give it up. I mean, that's that it is what it is. But I, I think there's something to be said. I mean, it's definitely dangerous and scary to see this darker aspect of it, but it is sometimes nice to, to hear the quiet part out loud because yeah, yeah. I feel like we've all felt that toxic men believe these things. We've all felt that uncomfortable feeling. Um, I think you and I have done probably at this point enough work that our, we're not seeing it in our friendships, but you know, and acquaintances and people at work, like where you can yeah. feel this underlying issue. There's an unspoken uh, inequality going on and resentment and disdain a lot of the time from toxic men to women. And I feel like you can always sense it. And just just like how I was just, I just did an interview today about, there's a girl named Christine who came on and she was dating a man who was very toxic, but didn't let it out. And then finally, once mm -hmm. they split, he really unleashed the toxicity. And she was like, it was actually kind of validating because that yeah. was the guy I always knew was there yeah. and couldn't put my finger on it. And I feel like there's something validating about hearing men say these things we felt they feel like they're, I'm not surprised. I mean, sometimes I am by how bad it is, but like the ideas that these men are saying, like, I like, we knew they were saying that shit. Like we knew that they thought those things. That's where like intuition as a concept comes from is because we've had to be attuned to picking up on things that men don't. We have to be looking at those, um, um, at those micro moments, at those little yes. emotions, those little reactions that, um, that you blink and you miss it. But, but we have to be attuned to those things because our, I mean, as long as women have been al alive, um, we've had to be aware, like, even if you don't realize it, you know, deep down as a woman that the number one most dangerous thing to you in your life, especially in modern society is a man. Yep. You are more likely to get murdered by a man than certainly any wild animal or, you know, yeah, sure. So we've had to over, uh, you know, over decades, over centuries, learn to pay attention to those things so that we can get a sense of what's going on to have some sort of situational awareness in situations that could be dangerous. And so yeah. we, we, we're, we're just, a, we're, we're attuned to that. But that is what the intuition is really. Yeah. It's a trauma response, essentially. Basically. It's like you have to, you have to be hypervigilant. It's inescapable. It's in all elements of a woman's life. But I do, I do truly believe to your point, I think there is change coming. I think like, even in the videos I make, which are very, you know, they're made for, like I say, <laughs> my ladies and my gays, my theys, and the men who get it. Sorry, those are the only audiences I'm catering to. Well, but there are, the men who get it are there. And like, I see more and more, like in my comment section, obviously the internet's a crazy place and you get like trolls, but a lot of it is men being like, that's gross, like, ew, dude, like that's, that's too much. And so the tides are changing and it is more in conversation. And like the thing that makes a big change is ultimately like access. You know what I'm saying? It's like, guess what? Like you don't get access to me unless you treat me a certain way mm -hmm. and lack of access, especially in this, in this framework, in this system is clearly making a change. 
because even though they're throwing hissy fits, they're going to throw a hissy fit because it's clear they're not getting that thing. And women aren't going to cave to hissy fits. <laughs> like, especially if you're a mother, you know a hissy fit when you see one. But I think women in general, again, we're talking a lot about like sexist men who are seeing things in the binary, but across the board, non-binary folks included, like we are not putting up with this shit. We're, no. We don't want to hear it. We're not going to accept it. And we are being loud. Like we are not taking less than we deserve and we're not allowing this these people to be so disrespectful and we are forcing the quiet part to be out loud and then the people who are then being out loud with their sexism and misogyny are going to face repercussions for that and mm -hmm. i think that's how the change is going to occur because they're they are not going to be able to have partnerships and companionship and they will see repercussions we're seeing it like people do get repercussions for misogyny now when they're like posting videos like i've seen people get fired from crazy TikToks. i think something that gives me a lot of hope is just hope is is the feeling that you know significantly more uh folks in our generation as they become parents as you are a parent so much of it is just socialization so much of it is um, all parents of all genders uh, for a long time have been allowing that, you know, it's that boys with boys mentality. And I think um, our generation's just not going to put up with that as much as previous ones have. You can start at the bottom. If young boys grow up with, with that expectation of you're no different than your female counterparts or that boys will be boys thing does not, does not apply to racism, sexism, you know, just does not apply to these um, bigger issues. It's got to start early. And I think that that's, that's what's going to make the biggest change. So I think some of it is just like, some of it's going to be time. I agree with you. I think the mix of right here and now, we're not accepting certain behaviors. And we're going to call it out at the very least if we're safe to do so paired with these younger people growing up and we have to do just as much work with every gender every gender needs to have an understanding of empathy and emotions and respect and kindness mm -hmm. so i'm not just saying just boys but again this podcast is about um men generally generally yeah. um but seeing seeing both sides of that the here and the now what can we do now and what can we do to set ourselves up for the future to continue on this path and i i really do think we're we're headed in a good direction um and yeah, I just, I just love, I just love to see it. And I love to see younger kids really being very emotionally intelligent. The empathy, like it's, I think empathy is, is really on the rise at thank such God. a young age. Yeah, thank God. I mean, in, in, in the world that we live in, what a shit show we live in. Truly. Empathy is how we get through it. Empathy, community, taking care of each other, understanding each other, working mm -hmm. to make the world better for everybody, not just everybody. That yeah. is that is how we get through things. Having conversations, helping your neighbors out, um, you know, truly believing and and uh, living out your values of of equity. I think yeah. I think anyway, that's the only way through. I gotta say, I can't. I'm I'm shocked at how hopeful we've been in this episode. I didn't really expect us to to be anything but angry. The fun thing is, you can be both. <laughs> and, and and it's both and you know both and hold two emotions at the same time it's important though because if you just have one if you just have the rage you'll go insane i think <laughs> i mean i wouldn't have this podcast if i didn't think there could be positive change for people and even if it's just women and and anybody who's been affected by any gender uh, affected by this nice guy behavior if i didn't think 
there could be validation or like just validation of your experience is enough. But if, if one person hears this podcast and is able to make a positive change in their life, like good, like that's enough for me, truly. We do it for the ladies, the gays, the theys, and the men who get it. We're here for it. We're ride or dying for them. Here we are. And I do. And I ride and I ride for my girls, gays and theys. I'll tell you that. I'm riding hard. Girl, speaking of, we've been riding way too long. I know. I literally was sitting here going like, she's going to have so much to cut. <laughs> this is part two. So hopefully they've already heard this, but will you just hit us with your socials again and your Substack link? Yeah, man. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Donut Royalty, and you can also find the link to my Substack. Uh, it's a stupid little thing that I do, and I love it. Um, it's called Hammer Time, and it's hammertime.substack.com. Join the slimes. Those are my those are my girls. They're my girls' gays and names. They're my slimes. The slimes. Mm-hmm. I love that. I want a cool name. You you can be a slime. We can all be slimes. <laughs> We're all slimes. I'll be I'll be one of your slimes. I have no idea how that came to be. By the way, just one day, I, someone said slimes, and I said that's it. Anyone listening to this, email at the nice guy podcast at gmail.com <laughs> if you have a cool nickname for us. <laughs> I don't have one. No, let's crowdsource it. Crowdsourcing. Yeah, yeah. that's what we're going to do. You yeah. have better ideas than me. Um, also, if you have a story, please send it in. Um, and we have a F the Nice Guy Patreon. If you want to be a patron, which just helps this podcast happen because it's like essentially me doing most of the things. Uh, so it's always appreciated. We have some fun content on there. Some extras that like don't make it into the episode. And it's a way for me to talk to you all, which I love. It's just appreciated also that you're listening. So thank you for listening. Thank you to Allison for being here. Thank you for having me, dude. This was so fun. This was a blast. We'll do it again, I'm sure, when I can fit into your busy schedule. I would love to. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you again, Allison. Thank you to everybody that's listening. And of course, as always, my friends. The nice guy, dude.